Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As our days get more confusing and chaotic, rest assured that God is still on the throne. The enemy is not in control. He is not the opposite of God. He was a created being and has no authority over God. Join Pastor J.D. today as he encourages us with this truth. One day soon, God will have the victory. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 2nd, 2021. Revelation 9, verse 21. And they did not repent of their murders or their, here it is again, sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Why do I highlight and emphasize sorceries? Because in the original language of the Greek New Testament, the word sorcery is where we get our English word for pharma. It's actually in the Greek pharmakia, where we get pharmacy, pharmaceuticals. So let's, let's revisit now these prophecies concerning the deception of these sorceries. In other words, there will be a deception. All of the nations on earth will be deceived by some pharmaceutical deception. And if you only understood the implications of this, because it carries with it the idea of a magic potion, a poison that was used in ritual witchcraft and satanic magic arts. That's what this is. You know, and the Lord knows my heart on this, I truly believe, and I'm becoming increasingly convinced that it will be a pharmaceutical in the form of a vaccine, in some form, that will become the mark of the beast during the seven-year tribulation after the rapture of the church, which has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. Revelation 16.2 This is one of several reasons that I am becoming increasingly convinced that it is a pharmaceutical vaccine in some form. There will be this horrific medical reaction to whatever it is. 
Revelation 16.2. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshiped its image. That sounds like a medical reaction to a pharmaceutical to me. Doesn't it sound like that to you too? That's just one. Another reason I believe it is, is because there will come that time, and I believe it's sooner than anyone realizes, where you will not be able to do anything if you have not been vaccinated. Oh, you want to go to the store and get some food? Cannot. Uh, actually, your, your social credit score is too low, and actually you can't even leave the house. You can't do anything. How do we know? Oh, we know. Because we've tracked you. We know everything about you. We know exactly where you're at, not just in your home, but what room you're in in your home, and what chair you're sitting in in your home. And oh, by the way, <laughs> we know about that argument you have with your wife, because we listen to everything you say. Let's talk about God's plan. But God, please listen to me as I say this because it's very important. God not only planned on the evil pre-planned plan of man, He's allowing it. And He's using it to bring about the salvation of many this day. God, who sees the end from the beginning, in His omniscience, foreknew all of this, and foretold all of this. Replete throughout the pages of Holy Writ, we see the evil of man bringing glory to God. The plan of man is meant for evil, but God works it for good, as only He can. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Genesis 50-20. Joseph to his brothers, <laughs> who did unspeakable evil to him, now they realize that this is their brother that they had thought was long ago dead. And now he's the most powerful man in the world, save Pharaoh. And they are terrified, because all Joseph has to do is, he doesn't have to do that, just the eyebrow. He just does the eyebrow, that's it, off with their head, just, you're done. And they knew it. And what does he say to them? He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God, I love those two words, meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. God allowed you to do that to me. 
God, you, you thought you were so clever. Your plans, oh wow, so clever your plans. God let you do it because ultimately it fulfilled His plan in the end. It's like God just laughs. It's kind of like, <laughs> I, I really want to know what that laugh sounds like. The devil is God's devil. He is a created being. He is not the opposite of God. And He cannot do anything to us unless God allows Him to. Ask Job. Ask Peter. (laughs) Actually, don't ask Peter. (laughs) I feel so bad for Peter because Jesus actually tells him about it. He says, Peter, come here, I I need to talk with you. What, Lord? Well, the other day Satan came to me and he asked for permission to sift you as wheat. (laughs) It's not in the text, but if I'm Peter, I'm like, (laughs) you told him no, right, Lord? (laughs) Actually, no, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I I told him yes. Why? Because it will be for your good and my glory in the end. You know, when we were studying through the book of Job, which was a (laughs) Wow. Just a wow. That's the only other word I can come up with. But right at the beginning, it is so fascinating because Satan had to ask for permission before he could do anything. And God gave him permission. And it's very interesting that that Satan did up to the very point where God said, you can do that, but you can't do that. And the only reason I'm going to let you do this to my servant Job is because it's going to fulfill my purpose in the end. And that's the only reason God will allow the enemy to do anything in our lives. It is ultimately for His glory and our good. I love Psalm 76.10. It says, Surely... Surely, with a certainty, the wrath of man shall praise you. You'll make the evil of man, the wrath of man, to praise you and glorify you. With the remainder of wrath, you shall gird yourself. This is the other bookend. God not only has a plan for the evil of man, knowing his plan, He has a final plan of salvation for man. And that's the good news, the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? The Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians in chapter 15, the first four verses, says that the gospel, the good news, is that Jesus came and He died for us. He was crucified. He was buried. But He rose again on the third day. And the first time the Apostle Paul ever writes the gospel is to the church in Thessalonica in First Thessalonians. And he says, Jesus came, He was crucified, buried, rose again on the third day, and good news, He's coming back again one day. That's the gospel. I mean, it's it's not just 
He died, he was buried, and then he rose again. Now it's up to you. He did his part. Good news. Well, (laughs) wait, that's not the, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. He rose again from the dead, defeating death, and he said, he promised, and he cannot break a promise. He gave us his word, and he cannot go back on his word. He said, I'm going to go, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And you see, in my father's house are many mansions. Oh, if he could just see the mansion I'm preparing for you. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you can be also. And I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Lord, come back. (laughs) Now would be a very good time, Lord. That's the good news, the gospel. For the last couple, three years now, we've been doing the childlike, simple ABCs of salvation, which is just really a simple explanation of salvation. And the A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned, that you need the Savior. This is Romans 3.10. It says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why Jesus said we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 is interesting because it sort of packages the bad news first with the good news. The bad news? The wages of sin is death, and we just got done hearing that we've all sinned. So that means all of us have been sentenced to death. That's the bad news. Now here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift that is given. Someone had to pay for that gift. If you pay for it, it's not a gift, it's a purchase. No, he paid for it in full cost him everything. His blood shed in our stead. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will, key word, be saved. The jury is no longer out. The verdict is in. You will be saved. And the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10.13 seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to close with 
a testimony from an online member about a very creative way to use the ABCs of salvation. And I picked this particular one for a reason. I want to share that reason with you. Dear J.D., I wanted to share with you how amazing the Lord is working in the lives of people right now. We have been sharing your online updates with our small group, Prophecy Update Group, every week since 2015. We call ourselves Puggers. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Since you started sharing the ABCs of salvation, our oldest daughter has become interested in listening to your updates in the last year. Here's the cool thing. It hasn't always been this way. Long story short, I met my husband when the kids were only three and five years old. He had been previously married, but due to the divorce, he was unable to raise them consistently in a Christian home. But God, in His mercy and grace, has been so good to our family. In 2019, our oldest daughter gave birth to her son a few weeks early, and her son had to be in the NICU for a few weeks. Her son is 19 months old now, and he's healthy and well. Our daughter has seen the Lord's faithfulness as she had turned to Him during this very hard time. Then COVID happened, and she has been very in tuned to how the world is responding to all the division and challenges. Recently, she has been posting your updates on her Facebook page. How amazing is that? So I wanted to share with you how she was led to print up the ABCs of salvation. Her idea is to tape them in the restroom bathroom stall doors. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, while customers and employees use the restroom. What else are they going to do when they're sitting there? But read the ABCs of salvation. I thought that is a great idea. And I asked her to print me out a copy so I could do the same thing. I have had this printout for six months now, and I finally made a few copies of it today. I have sent her a picture of my first taped bathroom stall ministry, <laughs> the ABCs of salvation. I told her I did this today, and I pray she gets responses as she has directed anyone with questions. This is really good to an email address that will go to her. I'm excited to see the Lord work in this, but I already know He has. Because according to Genesis 50.20, this was sent to me before I did my, uh, and prepared my uh, update, Genesis 50.20. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. Maranatha. And may we keep giving this lost world hope. The hope of Jesus, your sister in Christ, Susan. The reason I selected this particular testimony is because 39 years ago now, 
I entered into, I know this is TMI, but I entered into a public restroom, and I entered into the stall. And there was a gospel tract, and on it were the words, how to be saved. I thought, okay, well, how to be saved, okay. So I read it, and I was very impacted by it. And I took it, and I saved it. And get this, it was nine months later. It was almost like that was when the conception took place. The seed of God's Word, and it began to germinate in that gestation period. And then nine months later, I was born again, because of that bathroom stall tract. And so, yeah, yeah. Never, ever, ever underestimate the power of the gospel to save. God's Word does not return void. You just never know. And, and God is actually protecting you. I was just sharing with uh, Pastor Mac. We were just talking about all the things that God is doing, and I made this comment to him about a Oswald Chambers quote that I heard many years ago that stuck with, this will be the last, last thing, okay. (laughs) And And it goes something like this. Oftentimes God will deem it necessary to not let you know how much He's used you in the life of another. It's to protect you from you, so you don't think it's you. Right? So get this, we have no idea how God has used us in the life of another, but there's coming a time in glory. All the people that we bring with us, all of those people that we had an impact on, for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. I thank you that you choose and use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, the weak to shame the strong, so that you alone are the recipient of all the glory. No flesh is going to glory in your presence, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Bible prophecy for telling us now, so we can know now, how it's going to end, so we can be settled in You. Lord, I pray for anyone who does not know You. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation, that nothing would keep them away from making the most important decision of their life, for eternal life. And lastly, (laughs) Lord Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this special Mideast Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. 
we do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mid-East Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.